because there has been an emergency. To infinity and beyond. I thought my jokes were bad. The force will be with you. Always. We're just like Kevin Bacon. Welcome back to the Cinemania World Podcast. My name is Larry, and today I am here to host the Cinemania Live Show. And of course, that means I am here with Miss Hannah. Hey, Hannah. <laughs> well, thanks for letting me guest host with you this week. <laughs> I come on from time to time, so, you know, it's always a good time. You're we like watch. the most frequent person we have on the live show, apart from us. <laughs> I just say, we watch Falcon and Winter Soldier together, so, you know, mm-hmm. just seems, <laughs> it seems like a good fit for me to hop on and, and review it with y'all on these live shows when I can. Yes. But... How is your your week going? We're heading into the weekend, finally. <laughs> I, this week has felt long. I don't know why. I know. I think Ugh. it's because the finale was this week, and we were all, you know, anticipating it. It was the same way with WandaVision, except the weeks, like, for each episode of Falcon Winter Soldier, they went really quick. But with WandaVision, my weeks were so slow, because I was, just, like, anticipating every episode, like, so yeah. much. And not to say that I wasn't anticipating episodes of Falcon Winter Soldier, but not as much as I was with WandaVision. But with the finale, I was definitely, like, more excited. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> I feel like my week's just been kind of boring, honestly. Yeah. I'm trying to think of what I did. Um, I watched Nocturnal Animals yesterday for, like, yes. the third time. I've only seen it once or twice before. What's a tough watch? It's not yeah. something you just like throw on at any given time. <laughs> yeah, I kind of forgot that. Well, no, I didn't forget it, but I, I guess with only seeing it such a little amount of times, I I know what the movie's about. I know what's in the movie and I know what I'm getting myself in for. It's just like, I don't know if you feel the same way, but like when you are about to watch a like tough movie that you've seen before, but just like you don't know very well or like remember like every s- single little thing in it, yeah. like you kind of like aren't in the right mindset to like be prepared for what's going to be in it because you just you don't know the movie inside out. And so I started watching it and I thought I was going to be OK. And then just like 20 minutes in, I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I, it's it's so tough, but it's so good. Yeah, Nocturnal Animals, one of the two major Jake Gyllenhaal snubs of the 2010s. Yes. Oh my god. He's... That whole movie just getting like dust. Like it's... award season paid it dust outside of that one so random Aaron Taylor Johnson win. There was nothing <laughs> else. Well, and I'm Michael like, Michael Shannon got a nomination, right? He got nominated somewhere. Was it I the Oscars? I think Oscar? it was the Oscars. Yeah, I believe okay. it was the Oscars. Which yeah, Aaron I love Taylor Michael Johnson Shannon in that movie, win. but. And then Michael Shannon gets nominated for the Oscar and Aaron Taylor Johnson is left off. It was so weird. Yeah. And I, I think they're also, both great in the movie, but I think Amy Adams and Jake Gyllenhaal are you know, a little more elevated than their oh performances. God. So <laughs> Nocturnal Animals, one of the like the only film to ever have me like be oddly like attracted and aroused by some psychopath sitting on a toilet. <laughs> Just like 
uh why is this happening um uh, I mean, it's Ford, Aaron Taylor sneaky bastard. <laughs> i know you did this on purpose <laughs> that oh, score man. too though oh, oh I lord score of nocturnal animal oh, i mean the whole movie's just, just so good yeah the cinematography like there's this one shot in it and i remember this one shot from the first time that i watched it and it's just, it is so haunting, and it's just, I, I'll probably never watch this movie again, by the way, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I, I just don't even know why I decided to throw it on yesterday, but uh, it'll, it'll I think it was my forever. favorite film of that year. I think I ranked oh, wow. it as number one. I loved it. I yeah. love Nocturnal Animals. <laughs> Me too. It's, it's in my top 25 of all time, um, and that's like saying a lot just going off one or two viewings. Um, I love movies that just kind of like stay with you like yeah. these kind of films like it doesn't matter like how many times you've seen it or you know um, even if you don't think about it all that much it's just it stays with you like forever <laughs> um, and Nocturnal yeah. Animals is one of those movies where it's like after you finish it, it was, you'll be thinking about it for like days <laughs> yeah Ooh. I know I'm like what did I watch this week I think I, I watched the Mitchells vs. Machines how was that? Um, I loved it. And I, I mean, it's not directed by Lord and Miller, but I felt like you're going to love it, Hannah. Yeah, so I feel I'm like excited you can always... for you to see it. <laughs> you always have that Lord and Miller taste, even if they aren't directing the movie. Yeah. And then last night, randomly, I got into like this screening of In the Heights <laughs> that started at 1 a.m. my time. That's so weird. It was nuts. So that's so we didn't get to do our reaction until this afternoon because of that mm-hmm. freaking rando screening in the middle of the night. <laughs> uh, but I watched that, which I also enjoyed. And then Mortal Kombat. New Mortal Kombat. <laughs> that, that was basically oh, my Lord. week of viewing. <laughs> Yeah, I also watch Mortal Kombat. <laughs> we'll think, get wait. into that. No, I was because like, I watched a lot of like I was doing a lot of catch up for the Oscars before my prediction video that I posted Monday. Mm-hmm. So like last weekend, I was like watching all the, as many documentaries as I could get in, some foreign films, got through all the shorts. <laughs> <laughs> it just is kind of annoying though, like being a film person who does these predictions and you know usually is really excited for oscar season even if we know it's a bunch of foolery it's you know you just get swept (laughs) you get swept into the oscars you know we love film but when you read those like brutally honest oscar ballots why do more of us on film twitter who do this mess as a hobby find it more of a duty to watch as many of the Oscar nominees than right? actually people who vote for the damn award. <laughs> oh my god, it's insane to me because like what in retrospect, right? We podcast, we do YouTube, mm-hmm. and we do all this, but like, what we is really jobs? Yeah, what are we? What is our like kind of like footprint in you know the Oscars beyond just kind of entertaining an audience, yeah. right? We don't really have any. <laughs> yeah, zero. And that's not to say that, you know, the work isn't, you know, um, yeah. it isn't put to something. But in, when you think about it, in retrospect, it's like, we're, we're not the Academy. Uh, <laughs> and us taking all this time, because even me, I, I don't watch the, like, the, uh, 
the like the shorts and stuff like that but yeah. i'm not like a huge documentary person or anything but i still like go out of my way to try and watch all the documentaries and you know try and make sure like on oscar's night because when you it's kind of when you think about it in the way of when you're watching sports right and there's like a team that you don't really like if it's two teams that you don't really care about you're not really going to care about the game right yeah uh <laughs> with oscars if you haven't seen the movies you're not really going to care so <laughs> <laughs> you kind of have to watch the movies and you know all of us we take kind of pride in being able to say that yeah we watched all the nominees and that we're yeah. able to you know be fully invested in oscars night and just the award every awards um uh show that happens during yeah. awards season so and just it's to nuts. know i saw a ballot <laughs> literally today that they literally only watched soul out of the four oh nominees and they voted so i'm like wait like how can I guess you even like you know should what abstain. to vote for right abstain like you need to abstain unless soul was like the best movie you saw you know unless you're like yeah. this is my favorite film of 2020 or then i guess maybe i can be like okay well you know if you're a huge champion of it but it was like so dismissive that i was like how can you justify voting in a category that I, you've seen one nominee yeah i don't even think like saying like it being your favorite film in 2020 is enough. I think it'd have to be yeah, like your I favorite mean... film of all time in order <laughs> to be like, I'm like a hundred percent sure this could be my favorite movie out of all yeah. the nominees that I haven't seen, you know, it's cause I mean, you know, I can at least, I still get annoyed with a lot of it, but I can at least forgive like, okay, I've seen three or four out of the five nominees. Yeah. So I'm going to vote. But when these people, because there's quite a few that are like, I've seen one, maybe two, but I'm still going to vote anyway. I'm like, what? Why? It's you don't know. Insane. You don't know what you're voting for. <laughs> right. Don't abstain. Like, it's, How is that it's, like best picture? Yeah. When you haven't seen any of the other ones. <laughs> it's best picture because uh. it's the only one you've seen. <laughs> And man, that oh, since even since we talked about it on the world show, oh my gosh, the Chadwick Boseman Anthony Hopkins discourse on Twitter just continues to get more and more and more prevalent, and it just is. And oh god, it's, it's so, so draining. It's so annoying too because when Chadwick wins and Anthony loses, it's gonna be even more of, like, a mess on Twitter of people being like, oh, he only won because he died, and blah, 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 whatever. And that's just, it's so, like, demeaning to, you know, Chadwick's performance, and just how incredible he was, and just his career altogether. And I know a lot of people are also saying, like, oh, well, Chadwick's Oscar is a career Oscar, well, and so will Anthony Hopkins. And I'm like, but... Anthony Hopkins still has you know time to be in movies and be in more Oscar movies he gets nominated almost every time he's in one you know and it's like Chadwick he, he he's dead <laughs> so it <sighs> I don't know and there's always this air of it makes me feel gross kind of watching this year Mm -hmm. And I've seen it a little bit from a, a couple of people of color on my timeline. And I agree that, you know, yeah, we have four, we could potentially have four people of color win all four of the acting categories for the first time ever. This would be mm -hmm. the historic first time it ever happens. And hearing like Anthony Hopkins fans and Carrie Mulligan fans, particularly, those are like the two big groups of people 
discredit the two from Ma Rainey's Black Bottom and like try, I don't know what it is, but like try to lift their cat candidate by bringing down Chadwick and Viola mm-hmm. is so it reeks of something really gross to me. Like yes. it feels gross as I watch it unfold. And I don't know. And hearing that with Chadwick, it's like, well, then we should, when are we taking Gary Oldman's away? Because that was a right. damn life. To, you know, let's not pretend also suddenly it's the worst thing in the world. Yeah. We usually do get annoyed when, actors win the quote-unquote lifetime achievement you know mm-hmm. win it's like oh they've been nominated so many times we have to give it to them this time sure we kind of are like ugh, okay but i feel like it's never been like this with no. chadwick i don't know it's just and chadwick it's different when an, the performances are great you know it's yeah, like the thing. with it's, gary it's oldman like, his performance in the darkest hour i'm sure some people think it's like the best thing that they've ever seen yeah. but it's not even the best performance that he's given it's yeah. it's low tier gary oldman and it was certainly <laughs> the worst performance out of the <laughs> nominations that year so it's like when you give him the lifetime achievement award for a bad performance in my opinion a, a mid performance in my opinion yeah. uh that's what makes us upset but it's like with chadwick it's a phenomenal performance he is breathtaking in that film and he is being awarded for all of the work that he's done um in his life while also on top of you know being awarded for this amazing performance and i think that's why it's so important for people to understand that you know this this isn't something to get upset about yeah it's just and the same thing like you know and this is not to discredit at all um his win because i think he was very well deserving of his win but you know were we doing this with heath ledger for in a comic book film like oh he's just won because he died and like discrediting his great performance in The Dark Knight because he died. Like, I don't know. And Heath Ledger had also given amazing performances. Mm-hmm. So it's just, I don't know. I'm like, this is, it reeks of something gross that I don't like. <laughs> yeah. And it's really disrespectful. Um, it would have been really disrespectful if people did it with Heath Ledger as well. But that one seemed to be universally loved as a win you know like nobody really just has ever discredited that so i don't know it's just as gross but we'll see i'm also kind of just they need to never push the oscars back like this again yeah it it needs to happen in february please (laughs) i have never been this over like oscar twitter yeah i (laughs) ever i am over them (laughs) Every award season, it it seems like they just get, like, more grading and grading. And I'm like, I can't deal with you guys. I'm just like, oh, gosh. It's just the most pretentious people on Twitter. And they won't hear anybody else's opinion but theirs. And they take their opinion as fact. And that's just, it's so frustrating. I'm like, spin these crazy narratives. Yeah. and then come awards night, it'll be a I told you so. And it's like, yeah, but you came up with this theory rant. You came up with a million theories and one of them hit. Like, what are you talking <laughs> about? If I yeah. quoted every single crazy person theory you've had in this award season, like, come on. But oh, it's like a million Oscars. things that don't happen 
And then the one that hits said, like, I'm right and everyone should take my opinion as fact from now on because I predicted this. And it's like, well, what about all the, like, the million other nominations that you got wrong? So. (laughs) Well, it isn't. I think part of it is because, so the Spirit Awards were last night. Mm -hmm. But some people, again, people be putting credence into these random award shows. Any of us pretty much could vote for the Spirit Awards. Like, it's a paid membership that you come into. And you're a part of like the group basically that votes. So there's a ton of people on film Twitter directly who voted for the spirit awards. So why are people trying to spin an Oscar narrative off of the spirit awards? Like just celebrate <laughs> them for getting an award. Like, cause Chadwick lost last night like, to Riz Ahmed. Yeah. The black sheep of the award circle is definitely the spirit awards. Also. It's like, when has the spirit <laughs> awards ever like coincided with what the Oscars yeah. are? It's so weird to me. I'm like, the spirit awards are always like the weird ass a 24 nominations <laughs> that the Oscars don't even look at. I mean, fucking, yeah. I always talk about it that American Animal should have been nominated for editing uh, the year that Bohemian Rhapsody won, but the Oscars didn't give no shit about American Animals, yeah. but guess who did? The Spirit Awards. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> hello. <laughs> and I mean, we loved the Spirit Awards for that because they, yeah. they shine a bright light on a lot of these small films that the Oscars just overlooked and didn't even get the chance. But now, yeah, since Riz Ahmed beat Chadwick Boseman at the Spirit Awards, suddenly it shows how vulnerable Chadwick is. And I'm like, what in the world? Or Carrie Mulligan won the spirit award and you know suddenly that makes her the front runner and i'm like what (laughs) i promise you their win at the spirit awards means absolutely nothing when it comes to the oscar yeah (laughs) okay but and i i hate to say like say this and like kind of make it sound like we know more than oscars twitter because i guarantee we don't but like (laughs) there's just some things that are very obvious that like you don't need oscars twitter to tell you uh (laughs) So, yeah, this week is just, I'm sorry, y'all. It's just been a lot. And this isn't and I mean, shade towards a particular person or anything like that, I promise you. It's like just Oscars Twitter in it's general. All of it. Oh my God. Yeah, this week. All is, of them. I mean, I guess I understand because it is the week leading up to the Oscars, but they just seem unhinged right now. <laughs> Oscars Twitter is unhinged. You and I, I like looking around on Twitter, like, oh my God, these people are driving me you nuts know right what? now. <laughs> The last time Oscars Twitter didn't drive me insane was uh, the, the Green Book year. Because <laughs> we were all mad. Yeah. We were all, on the we same were all mad and just like we had nothing to argue about because we all disagreed that that was the worst year for the Oscars. And then fucking last year with Joker and all this bullshit. Uh, <laughs> I just. We had your fave, uh, fave YouTuber coming on here ranting about. Oh Parasite. my god! Yeah. <laughs> At least last year we did have Parasite. You know, Parasite yeah, was have, all the way I, through. I mean, I feel like people like turned on 1917 so hard for that. Um, yeah. I think it allevi- it alleviated because Parasite won. If 1917 had won Best Picture, it would have been a shit show on Twitter. Like it would have been unbearable again. Like I feel oh my like gosh. That- <laughs> I feel like that's the position Trial of the Chicago 7 is oh in right now. It's if Trial pulls that off that win, I will, I mean, 
film Twitter will tear apart. Like, I don't yeah. know what will happen on Monday. <laughs> Aaron Sorkin, you're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Can you imagine like, Netflix mm-hmm. wins its first Best Picture win with oh fucking God. Trial of Chicago 7? Because I honestly feel like legitimately out. any of the other winners other than Mank and Trial of the Chicago 7, it'll be a shock, but I feel like they're Not well really liked. About it. Yeah. No, nobody, everybody likes them more or less. Except you know? Promising Young Woman. I feel promising like if Promising Young Woman wins, it'll be a shit. I have to so. say, the biggest thing with Promising Young Woman is I think that the fan base has done a bit of a disservice for the film <laughs> when it comes <laughs> to the film Twitter sphere because they're just so hardcore. Like the Promising yeah. Young Woman fans are just like so loud and in your face. And they'll be hyped, but I'm sure they're going to rub a lot of people the wrong way and people are going to be annoyed and be like, ugh. (laughs) Yeah, it's, I think it's because too, it's like a lot of women have taken issue with the subject of Promise Young Woman Mm -hmm. and how it was executed. And I understand it completely. Mm -hmm. I didn't have those issues, but a lot of women did. And it's just Promise Young Woman fans, especially the men who love Promising Young Women, they shut them down. And it just, it rubs a lot of people the wrong way. uh, Because it's like, you won't, you aren't even willing to hear, especially men of all people, to try and shut, you know, women down on what they should (laughs) feel with this movie. Because it's very much, you know, focused on, you know, issues that, not not to say men don't have these issues, but in the film is very much, it's through a female perspective, right? So, for the men who love the movie to say, no, you're wrong, it's like, are you joking? Are you kidding? <laughs> like, I I can't. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Ugh, but we'll see what happens, I guess, on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> but moving along to a movie that we both saw. I don't know if we're doing, if we're going to do a review. I'm sure you don't want to be on the review regardless. So <laughs> we'll we'll just get your thoughts here and now. We both watched Mortal Kombat 2021. So first, have you seen the 90s films? No. Neither one? No. Well, Annihilation hardly counts as a film. I I don't really even know what Annihilation is. It's so terrible. Uh, The first one is fun. It's fun. Uh, Have you played any of the games? I have. I've played a good amount of the games. Oh, Uh, really? Yeah. Uh, Me and my brother and my sister and my dad, uh, we play them all the time because they're like multiplayer and they're fun and, you know, they're you know, a nice little family thing to do. Uh, that's that's <laughs> rip weird. each other's spines yeah. out. And... That's weird to say, like, Mortal Kombat is, like, a fun family thing to do. But <laughs> I don't I don't know. Like, when we were younger, that was, like, the game that we all played together. <laughs> um, so who was your go-to? Who's your Bar- go-to character? Baraka, for sure. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always <Yeah>. Baraka. <laughs> always. Oh, snap. Yes. Uh, <laughs> a little sad that he wasn't in this movie, but whatever <laughs> goro well, goro goro yeah he's close uh, enough goro yeah there you go <laughs> well what were your thoughts on the film your dad took you he, he like coerced you into going with him to watch it in the movie theater oh, man he did he did um it it's it's a movie <laughs> so it's not as bad as annihilation where we we can still consider this a movie um yes. 
I, I, I really need video game movies to like when they're like writing the movie. Um, <laughs> I, I really need them to like figure out what tone they're gonna go for and what kind of movie they want it to be. Uh, before they start filming, <laughs> because I feel like with like these video game movies, they're bad, right? But I feel like the tone is always just like so off, and it's exactly that here. I just I'm not sure what they were going for because a lot of the movie is so self serious, right? And it's so much exposition, and it just takes itself so seriously. But then we have these characters saying like fatality and like you know their catchphrases and like you know being like uh, whatever our character's name is wins like announcing shit like that and i'm like <laughs> okay <laughs> i'm like that just took me out completely um and i i think uh i think the action was supposed to be more elevated than it actually is um I think the editing is kind of a downfall of the film because from what I saw in the movie, I think the action looked like a lot of it was in camera, uh, but Mm -hmm. the editing is just very weird and it makes it look super choppy uh, and like there's a bunch of stunt doubles and, uh, but the, okay, for in my head, right? When I was going to see it, when I was going to see the movie, this movie's so I I'm I have such weird feelings about this movie. So when I was going uh-huh. to see it, I was like, I'm not expecting a great script, right? But the action, it's gonna be like the raid, right? I was so excited. Oh. I was like, it's gonna be like super gory, super fun, just like amazing. And then I went and I was like, there's like one kill in the movie that I think kind of like elevates it to the moment that I thought the entire film was going to be because I feel like even with like John Wick the scripts aren't great but the action is so cool so that's why we go and see them and why we love them and that's why they kind of those films are a little elevated above just kind of like an action movie uh and that film doesn't quite reach that and the script is just so poor so it's like the movie just falls flat and I I said this to Larry and everyone earlier that I and I I'm sad to see that Benjamin Walfish did the music for this movie because it just feels so bland and he's such a great composer. Um, and I, just the entire movie, I was like in my head, I was like, oh, I know Junkie XL could have done a great score for this and could have made the action scenes feel so much more epic. Uh, and they just fell flat and I feel like it needed like a better score. So, and then the acting is just like, it's it's hit or miss. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think there's some who, who do well yeah um, then there's some bad performances like yeah i think the guy who played are these like a lot of like unknowns I, like other than um what's his name who plays scorpion obviously but uh i i don't i didn't recognize a lot of people in this movie uh but uh the guy who plays jacks and uh kano i think they're really cool and really fun throughout the whole movie even though we don't see Jax a lot and i kind of wish we'd seen him a little more mccod brooks <laughs> yeah uh, i've seen him in, in in like two things i think i i know the I've name mccod brooks so yeah. i was i knew him uh i thought lewis tan was all right as our lead like he wasn't yeah he, certainly wasn't bad but then i don't know uh <laughs> like lu kang ludy lynn i'm not sure what was going on 
on <laughs> set. I thought his performance was not. I I thought good. he. I think he thought he was in a different movie than everyone else. Happening. It was just such a weird. Yeah, that's what it was. It was such a weird shift when it got to him. I was like, what in the world? Yes. And also, like, um, what's his face? Um, Lord Raiden. Yeah. Um, was so bland. Why can't they do Lord Raiden? Because the '90s movie. Oh. I don't know about all that either, but I'm like, why can't they get his character like any sort of right? I don't know. But at least, I mean, other than (laughs) Goro, I thought the special effects looked pretty good because I thought his effects looked terrible. Like he looked like a video game character to me um, in his fight. I I didn't think they looked that bad. For Goro? Yeah, I didn't notice. Mm. No, I thought he looked bad. But... The only time I noticed was there was one shot of the the reptile and like in the light, and I was like, "Oh, that looks bad." <laughs> yeah, but other, so he was my only issue because everybody else and all the rest of it, I thought actually looked really good. So mm-hmm. I was I was pleasantly surprised. Like everything to do with Sub Zero, I thought actually looked fantastic. Yeah, all all of the ice effects looked amazing. And even some of the brutal stuff. <laughs> like, that's the thing is this movie does get pretty brutal. And I'm glad about that. I was, there's a couple kills that you're like, whoa. <laughs> All right, then. Yes. I also liked the opening a lot. Um, yeah, me too. Like the Sub-Zero Scorpion backstory. I, I'm glad they included it. And I thought it was actually really well done. Like you said, um, the actor who plays Scorpion was really good. Hiroyuki Sonata, obviously. I mean, he's great. Um, he was He's probably one of the best in this entire film. I think he is the best. Yeah. Uh. I mean, I, okay, yes. <laughs> uh, uh, some the girl of the others... who played Sonya Blade, too. Mm. I was like, oh, you're... It's rough. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we have like Bridget and that '90s one who like came in last minute to replace Cameron Diaz, and she's not good as Sonya Blade, really. And then this Sonya, I'm like, oh no, we're gonna. I I feel like <sighs> why the role. I feel like the role definitely calls for somebody who, like like a Gal Gadot or like a Brie Larson, you know, they kind of like have this like body transformation and you can tell they look like a bit bigger and like buffer. Yeah. And I don't want this to come off the wrong way or anything, but I feel like (laughs) she just, she was a little like, you know, tiny. (laughs) She didn't look like she could beat anyone's ass. You know, I was like, (laughs) I feel like she went to the gym. (laughs) I also wish we had more Melina. I think we all wanted more of yeah. her. She's just such a cool character. <laughs> her design is amazing. Yeah, and she looks you, amazing. Uh, they underutilize her. Nothing against that actress, because I don't think she got the opportunity to do much. Uh, she just was kind of there. She says, a, like, two words. Yeah, she was a henchwoman, basically. So, you know, what you're going to do with that? I don't know. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think it was fun enough. It gave me the, like, brutal kills I wanted from it. That script is really bad, though. I mean, yeah. there's no <laughs> there's no getting around. The script is really bad. And I, I did mention that in my review as well. Like, I always appreciate when they try to add in that campiness, the get over here and fatality. But it the just, rest of the movie uh, isn't that way. No, they didn't do it 
they didn't integrate it well. So I don't know. And the acting most is a miss with a few performances that are like, okay, this is, thank goodness you're here because <laughs> breaking up some of the mess that we're having to watch. <laughs> but mm, it did make me like want to play Mortal Kombat though. I will say that. I don't, it's been a while since I've played the game and I'm like, oh, that would be fun. I also loved Shang Tsung um, and I loved his outfit like with Chin Han playing him with that like dramatic black hair and that like gold robe thing he wore <laughs> I loved it I thought that outfit looked so cool yeah but a lot of people are like wanting more so how would you feel about more Mortal Kombat movies I mean they definitely set up very heavily yeah, I mean. sequel. <laughs> They, they are hoping for a sequel as per the ending. <laughs> uh, so I I guess I won't be against it. Um, <laughs> it for me to be excited about it, they'd have to hire a new writer, and I mm -hmm. also think a new director, someone with a little more flavor. Uh, <laughs> I think that these movies need like a. A signature kind of look and feel to them and I feel like this movie just failed to do that uh, so yeah a new writer and a new director for me and I'll be happy so and also out of the two WB HBO Max blockbusters which one do you pick Hannah? Godzilla vs. Kong or Mortal Kombat? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I think I had more fun watching Mortal Kombat Oh, see, with all that all that mess you were talking, I wasn't sure, but I knew I knew it'd I mean, be close for you. Yeah, I didn't really like Godzilla versus Kong either. So, <laughs> oh, Hannah, it's not it's not gotten off to a good year for blockbusters for you. I know, and I'm like, I, it's so sad because we started off with Wonder Woman 1984, and I actually didn't hate 1984 like I thought I would, um, because I really just didn't enjoy the first Wonder Woman. Uh, and I kind of and I had fun with Wonder Woman 1984, so I was I was hopeful, but really bagging in on that uh, end of the year blockbuster. <laughs> We're really ready for Shang Chi. Yeah, here. I'm ready for Shang Chi. I'm ready for Suicide Squad. I'm ready for Dune. Just want no. everything else other than whatever no whatever we've been getting. Yeah, no way home. Black okay. Widow. Next next weekend, I mean, it's not really a blockbuster, but it's a it's a pretty big animated film coming your way. So yes, I'm so know. excited. Maybe animation can save the day because Raya was was really good, and then yeah. this film, I hope you love. We got I'm sure some <laughs> some freaking Luca on the way. So yes, animation for the win. How could I not? <laughs> <laughs> Well, speaking of Disney, Marvel, and animation, and all that fun jazz, let's get into it. The Falcon and Winter Soldier season finale. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you feel about this finale? Uh, I really liked it. Uh, I was definitely emotionally moved by it. I was definitely crying in our reaction. <laughs> and I think that Sam and Bucky had the perfect endings. And I'm so glad that uh, Bucky didn't die. Uh, 
<laughs> like, I, like I really was convinced or Hannah like had a was good vibe. Hannah yeah. had to brace herself to get drug on Twitter today. She was about to get drug across <laughs> Twitter if he died. Oh my God, if he actually died, I would have <laughs> had to deactivate. Deactivated. Um, <laughs> but I, I really did think that this kind of be a goodbye for Bucky. Uh, and I would have been okay with that. But I'm also really glad that, you know, we're going to see him going forward. And obviously, we're going to have Sam going forward because Captain America 4 got greenlit today uh, with Ooh. the head writer for of Falcon Winter Soldier. So that's exciting. And I I think the action in the episode is really, really cool. Uh, we, it kind of felt like what we got in the first episode with that big opening again because we got to mm-hmm. see Sam using the wings and obviously the shield and, oh, my God, that suit. Yes. I, Sam is just the perfect tap, Captain America, and I'm so happy for Anthony Mackie. And I'm so happy that the show just, like, handled it so well and instantly made us fall in love with you know sam wilson's captain america uh and just how natural of a progression it felt from steve to sam and just i'm so excited i'm so excited for his future in the mcu and i think uh all the stuff with isaiah bradley was so amazing and it just it like i said it moved me to tears and the flag smashers i never really got on board with them and john walker mm-hmm. never really just you know i never was all in on either of their yeah. plot lines so that did fall a little flat to me and i'm not sure it got how I so feel. close on both of them like yeah it, they were so close to making both of those work really well but i think the dividing of everything just hindered both storylines enough to make you not care about either all that much i felt like it should have been one or the other yeah if they had just focused in on one or the other i think it would have made a really great villain a meaningful villain either which way i think we could have gotten a really meaningful villain yes um i think this episode really showcased and this the show at large actually the entire series what a like Steve Rogers was such a great Captain America for when he was needed. Like he served his time and the and his time period coming back when it did was needed. But I also think he wouldn't have been able to handle the stuff that we just saw Sam Wilson handle as well as Sam did. So I think they showed a great progression of you know, this is the right Captain America. This is what America needs at this moment is Sam Wilson in yes. the colors. And I thought they, they handled that really well without like d- disrespecting Steve or, you know, trying to like forget his legacy or any of that. I don't, you know, I think they just handled this is what we need now. We need to the shield and the legacy needs to progress and this is the right person for it. Yes. <laughs> um but moving forward are you interested in sharon carter (laughs) absolutely not oh man (laughs) ever since she was introduced in the series me and larry have been bagging on her as we should because listen we gave her such a fair chance in that first episode that she was in right we were that cool action scene yes and we were so in we were so happy about it right even though we weren't excited about her appearance in the show okay 
but we gave her a fair chance. Never say we didn't, because we did. And the show just did the lamest shit with her, and I don't care. I do not want to see no Agent Carter spinoff with Sharon. Oh my God. Or I don't want to see her be like a villain or a double spy or anything like that. I don't give a shit. She is so boring. She's annoying. I don't like her. I don't want to see her anymore. But we, of course, are. Because why wouldn't we? Uh, so. Oh, God. I wanted to die, actually, when they called her Agent Carter. I know. It made me want to die inside. Oh, gosh. Yeah, and that ending, I mean, gosh. I mean, it literally, that what an anticlimactic, like, post-credit sequence. <laughs> like, mid-credit. Because it's like, we know. We know she's bad. We know she's evil. We made it pretty clear. And, you know, the episode finalized what we already knew. Uh, we just don't care. Like, we don't. Who cares what she's doing? <laughs> like, uh, uh, I fear for everyone who is like actually like invested in Sharon Carter. Why can't we have just killed her this episode? Like, right. Should have been her instead of Carly. Sam, why couldn't you have just let Carly kill her? <laughs> we weren't this close, Sam. <laughs> but also, uh, <sighs> Sam wouldn't be alive if Sharon didn't shoot Carly. So. I'm also confused. Did she send that guy just to spy? Or did she also just want to double whammy and get rid of Sam for some random reason? Because he wanted to kill Sam and she sent him over there. Yeah. I don't know. Like, that was his whole purpose. And I, I, it was really weird. Like, maybe so that he made was it seem just telling Carly that he was there to kill the Falcon. So that oh no, he kill. tried. He tried pretty good in this episode in that fight. Oh, yeah, he was, yeah, yeah. He, he was try. trying to kill him. <laughs> uh maybe it was like a double kind of like whammy. Yeah, so I'm like, I mean, does she see him as part of the group that betrayed her or something? I don't know. I didn't Must get it. Uh, I just was like, this is weird and ridiculous, but okay. Um <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh do you feel the finale was did you feel rushed through the finale at all no i think that this is maybe the best paced episode of the series so far it felt super quick and it's almost an hour long uh i feel like that's another issue i have with the show is that the episodes like feel longer than they actually are Mm -hmm. uh the pacing was definitely an issue but this episode it feels very brisk (laughs) because i saw I saw uh, some some complaints about that on Twitter. It's one of the big complaints of the episode is that we rushed to a lot of the characters' conclusions. I don't think so. I think that, you know, me and you talked about this in our reaction, uh, that Bucky and Sam, you know, we kind of have a, we had a Bucky-heavy first half of the show and then a Sam-heavy second half of the show. And I think that, you know, their arcs are were completed in this episode and it didn't feel like rushed or just out of nowhere it felt earned for both of them do you think they should have changed that final title to captain america and the white wolf um no i kind of i kind of like that bucky is embracing winter soldier and spinning it in a positive way for him instead of you know the thing that kept making him have nightmares and just traumatize him so i'm i'm kind of happy that 
uh, Bucky can still keep the Winter Soldier name. Oh, and we didn't get any romance. Thank Ugh, God. So uh, I was. I thought you were talking about Sam and Bucky. I was oh, say that's so sad. Well, um, that's. Uh, I mean, we did. <laughs> Listen, episode two was a full on romantic <laughs> comedy. Um, really? oh, man, no, but the I mean, we thing that happened during the season. Oh my God! And then we got we got that one little date with Bucky, and that was fine. And then we moved on, and you know they didn't push it. He had his little flirt moment with Sarah. But and that was cute. I thought I thought they added in just enough with him. They didn't add in anything really, you know, outside of. Well, let's just be real. Not just outside of Bucky, but also a little bit with Taurus. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But Sam didn't get any outside female love interest. We didn't have time for that. Like we didn't have time for them to try to do an actual romance in this show with some random woman yeah. that they shoehorned in or freaking Sharon Carter. Um, I, I hope they don't either in Captain America four for either of them. Because uh, every time they try, I mean, we saw it yeah. with Steve. Whenever they tried to like push a romance, a la Sharon Carter, it was horrible, and nobody liked it. Nobody wanted it. <laughs> uh so it's like no they don't all need it they don't all need it joss whedon pushed that mess with black widow and the hulk like it don't force romance i don't everywhere, need please. romance in my superhero movies period yeah. i really like, don't it's fine so every now and then it works and it works oh you know well enough like the original captain america with steve and peggy that's fine yes. that's good you know and that was a core to the story so if it's like a core element and they have good chemistry because even like thor and jane yeah it's kind of a core element to the first one but not really I, mean, I, I do love that we're going back to that though because oh, well now I'm excited Jane now is... that we have somebody else. Yes, <laughs> I like Kenneth, uh, and I will say I think Kenneth Branagh handled Thor's like Shakespearean comedy well enough, and the movie looks beautiful still. Yeah. I think the first Thor looks gorgeous. I think that's um, maybe the prettiest MC movie. <laughs> yeah, it's gorgeous, but I, it's one of those where you're like, if we had just focused on Thor like trying to figure himself out and like growing as a, a person i think it would have worked better than this random jane foster mess and all these people but it introduced us to some characters i'm now excited for like darcy she got her redemption in wandavision we're all like okay we can deal with you again cat <laughs> dennings yes. it's darcy we're getting lady thor so it's like whew, okay we're doing something with jane foster that hopefully is interesting <laughs> oh please. man i'm so excited i'm so happy that taika is writing uh love oh, and thunder yeah and i i can't believe how many people take issue with it on twitter because and i every single time that i see it i'm like well you obviously haven't seen any of taika's work outside of ragnarok if you think that taika cannot handle you know heavy subject matter um, because obviously with Jane Foster being um, Lady Thor, she has cancer. And, yeah. you know, I'm sure that's going to be a, you know, huge part of Love and Thunder. And everyone's like, oh, he's going to turn it into a joke. And I'm like, I, <laughs> when you say that, it just, it screams very much like I haven't seen any of other, any other Taika TD movies. Because even with Jojo Rabbit, you know, that movie's very funny, but it doesn't, you know, joke about the very heavy parts of the movie they're taken very seriously yeah <laughs> and taika really knows how to integrate you know the two tones so well and i'm like i just i don't understand how you can worry about <laughs> love and thunder knowing that taika Waititi is writing it <laughs> 
I do hope they don't put like a four in Captain America, though. Just give it a subtitle. Yeah. You know, don't try to be like, I mean, they haven't really with any of the other Captain America films. They haven't been two, three, you know. So oh, what, what this, <laughs> the end of this series, though, definitely made me more excited for a Captain America movie moving forward again. Yeah, you me know? too. Oh, God, just don't try to make like... <laughs> The power broker, the villain of Captain oh. America 4, please. Can you imagine? <laughs> if she comes back, like, oh god, I don't know. I mean, she's gonna I mean, have to come back somewhere. I don't know where they're gonna try to plug her back in, but ugh. if you want to do Thunderbolts as the villains in Captain America 4, I think that'd be really cool. I think having Zemo return and US Agent uh, would be cool, because uh, we already kind of laid the groundwork here and uh falco winter soldier i'd be down with that but like fucking sharon i'd be like girl <laughs> I, <laughs> girl please you have school Take in the morning seat. get your ass in the car <laughs> <laughs> oh my god but yeah i think it's it is interesting i know the comics did it obviously with lady thor and with sam being captain america there as well um I think it's it's going to be an interesting thing to get these characters we love but kind of reimagined and both previous to the forms they were and also the namesakes of like Thor, Captain America, blah blah blah. Possibly Falcon if Torres does. Oh my god. Uh, I just remembered that. Oh, I Take up so. the mantle. <laughs> uh, I hope so too. That actor is so cute. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really want him to be in the MCU more. Yes. And then we're, WandaVision set up a lot of Young Avengers stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, so we have some interesting avenues. There's, uh, I know we were all a little bit scared, some more than others, certainly, after Endgame of like, will people still be interested? Are they going to still have interesting storylines to tell which is a a pretty ridiculous notion to ask if they're (laughs) gonna have storylines to tell because yes um but yeah i I really think well personally i know you're excited after we get past black widow (laughs) i'm like okay let's get black widow out of the way (laughs) and then i'm excited for the future of the mcu (laughs) i'm excited for florence Pugh because i definitely do yeah i'm taking up the mantle so Wait, so what was Grace talking about she was in here? Girl, I don't know. (laughs) She was talking about she was in Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah, that's what I thought the post-credit scene would be. I definitely was was expecting... What the hell, Grace? Did you like... (laughs) Just come Uh, up with that and run? Yeah, I don't know where she saw her. um, But apparently, according (laughs) to Grace, she was there in the background somewhere. Wait, she said that she was in the background? I don't know. She just said she was in there. I don't... And this was, like, pretty recent, so I don't... I don't oh. You, you never know what to do. I'll, I'll have to find the tweet. Maybe I'm misrepresenting her tweet, and it was just misinformation from her sources again, but... Um, I just knew that hmm. she was saying she was going to be in it. And what else did she say she was in? Another series? Uh, Hawkeye, she, which... Hawkeye. I, I get that because of the... I mean, the we Black need as Widow. much. Yeah, we need as much put into Hawkeye as possible. Yeah, <laughs> listen, uh, we can go ahead and just kill Hawkeye in episode one and have it be a Kate Bishop show, <laughs> and I'm good. That sounds more intriguing to me. So, 
Sorry about it. Uh, uh, I really yeah. am so excited for Phase 4, but at the same time, like, Hawkeye... <laughs> Out of all the shows left, I'm like, whew, if they didn't have that little dog and Kate Bishop, I wouldn't be excited for Hawkeye at all. By the way, did you see when I got, like, dragged on Twitter for that? I called the dog, dog. <laughs> and, oh my god. Uh, <laughs> and also, there's Hawkeye Twitter that got, like, really mad at me. They're like, his name is Lucky, and Hawkeye is a great character. I was like, okay, I'm sure he is in the comics, but he's not in the movies. <laughs> <laughs> listen especially with her movie finally coming out it very much feels like you know what even though he has a family we should have just let hawkeye die yeah sorry about it uh, also, i would have rather natasha move forward but you know i i'm kind of i'm kind of leaning into getting excited for hawkeye because i don't Jeremy Renner is so embarrassing. <laughs> he really is. Mm. Um, but I do think he's a really good actor. Um, and If he can give us something, I guess. Yeah, Yeah, and I know that they're doing the plot line that is in the comics where uh, he's struggling with his hearing. Uh, I'm not sure if he is like actually deaf or, you know... Ooh, he's coming for Daredevil's gig. <laughs> Daredevil is I mean, not the opposite. Dead. They're the opposite. They they they'll be like a new a new tandem. Um, yes, <laughs> the one who can see and the one can who can hear. Lord have mercy. Um, but uh, I'm I'm excited for that. I'm excited to see where they go with that. And of course, Kate Bishop. I love Haley Steinfeld. And then that really cute dog. Uh, so yeah. Secretly, I really hope that. <laughs> I know you'll be so mad. What? And maybe I'll feel differently after we get through our daredevil reactions. But secretly, I hope that they bring in a random person to play Matt Murdock. And Charlie oh, Cox is literally just some random guy God. in No Way Home. He's just like some dude at the courthouse. You are going to feel differently. I promise you. Because I, when I, before I watched Daredevil, right? I was like, so Charlie Cox. <laughs> <laughs> I because I was like I know Stardust, uh, <laughs> but other than that, I'm like, why is Charlie Cox Daredevil? <laughs> uh, and then I started watching the show, and I was like, wow, this is like the only person that I ever want to see this play. I, I only want to see this play this. I, this is the only person I want to see <laughs> play this character again. Oh my god. Uh, so I, I think he's amazing. He's perfect as Daredevil. Like, I just know you'll walk out the theater. If, <laughs> I will. If, like, a random white dude walks in and I says, Hi, I'm be... Matt Murdock. I'm your lawyer. I'll be on the phone with Disney so fast. <laughs> <laughs> I have Kevin Feige's number pulled up and ready to go immediately. I'll find it. I'll find it. <laughs> and then we see Charlie Cox just roaming around the court to find his seat on the trial. He's like one of the the jurors. Um, and somebody else is oh Matt Murdock. Oh my god. You know what though? Uh, with No Way Home, I've had this envisionment and how I want Daredevil <laughs> to come into No Way Home. Like exactly how like I've visioned it for the longest time and if it's not that way i'll be upset like i i want it to be don't do it (laughs) listen i want it to be so may and peter are like sitting and waiting for their lawyer right and then you hear a knock at the door 
And then the door opens and the camera starts on the floor and all you do is see his little walking stick and it pans up and then it's Charlie Cox. That's what I want. I want it so bad. Um, and if it's not that way, I'll be upset. I mean, what if it's exactly that, but it pans its way up and it's some random dude <laughs> and it's at Matt Murdoch. I don't think you understand like the rage I will feel. <laughs> I'll ruin everyone's experience watching that movie. (laughs) I'll I'll start screaming. Hannah, how will you feel if Ralph Boner is a member (laughs) on the jury? How will you feel? Oh, man. I mean, at least Evan Peters will be back. (laughs) (laughs) He's just like randomly makes cameos in Marvel movies going forward. Wait, wait. Evan Peters is like the new Stan Lee. It's just Ralph Boner. Oh, my God. I would die. I actually would maybe love that um, because it at least means he's doing something. Yeah. Uh, after WandaVision, his character has something to do. <laughs> Evan Peters show up. Is, is pretty, so I'll I'll be okay with seeing him just pop up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Ugh. But yeah, so I'm excited for Loki for sure. I'm still very excited for Miss Marvel and She-Hulk. Obviously, we're hyped for Shang-Li and the Eternals. Yes. The Eternals, which we still have like no information, no photos, no trailers yet. So we'll see. I can't believe how well they kept this movie under wraps. Because from what we've heard from Chloe Zhao, they shot on location a lot for that movie. It doesn't seem like they shot a lot on a soundstage. So also, I'm like, where was the paparazzi when this right? movie was filming? I mean, because even like, we don't know much. Well, until freaking, oh my God. Until well, Avril just... Molina. <laughs> uh, well, no, I was like, and then even with like Thor, until freaking Russell Crowe opened his mouth oh, um, yeah. <laughs> and spoiled that. But we still got like set photos, which, whoo, thank God we did oh, of freaking uh, Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> I was like, oh, damn. Uh, and then even uh, Natalie Portman seeing those jacked arms. Oh, man. Um, she looks incredible. <laughs> so I'm like, we don't know much about those movies, but we at least have seen like some things. Eternals, nothing. We saw Christian Bale shopping. We know that we his saw... head is shaved. <laughs> That's it. Like, that is all. And I need Twitter to like calm down. When I wish we, I mean, we could, I'm just too lazy. Let's be real. Uh, I wish we could go back <laughs> in the show to the first time we mentioned that Marvel was going to wait to release the Eternals trailer until they could put Academy Award winner Chloe Joe. You know, because mm-hmm. we have said that on this podcast for a long time, y'all. Yeah. I'm not trying to toot our horn too loud, but we said this a maybe like when the first one of us saw Nomadland. It's been way back. Listen, uh, <laughs> I I actually think that I might have been the first one because uh, Dwayne had this whole argument with me about Eternals being a awards film. And I brought up, I think it might be an Ooh, awards he's film. He's going to be mad when he gets this footage to post. <laughs> I, I think it might be an awards film because Chloe Zhao is just, she's being so highly regarded right now yeah. in the Academy. It's also releasing around, you know, a good time for awards film to release. And I think that the trailer is very much, and just the marketing for the movie altogether is going to very much try and push, you know, Chloe Zhao, Academy Award winner Chloe Zhao Mm -hmm. is directing this. 
So, yeah. I'm just saying, a lot of people within, like, this last two weeks, I've seen all of a sudden everybody is, like, you know, they're posting it as if it's a completely original pod. Yeah, we definitely co-signed that, like, We've been talking about this for a long time, that they were not going to release that damn trailer until the Oscars came and she had that award. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a long time, at least, that we've been talking about it, so... I just be seeing these people on Twitter and they they thinking that they have this original like epiphany thought that nobody's ever thought. <laughs> Y'all, I just okay. Listen, I'm not gonna say any names because it's a lot actually. I'd, I'd be here a while listing names. We can tell when you post for clout, y'all. Like, <laughs> That's what I'm gonna need to say right here and now. Like, if you have actual, like, an idea that you're posting and passionate about, we can tell that too. We can feel, we can feel real, you know, at least, at least those of us that are real, real recognize real. But (laughs) we can for sure tell when you are posting some mess and it is just for clicks and likes and the clout. (laughs) It is so obvious, y'all. So don't, just don't. Don't po- if if you're not in it if if you're not like feeling it if it's not your idea that you literally just came up with don't post it it's okay it's cool <laughs> we don't need to read it you know and we've seen a million other tweets we've seen it all before yeah. we don't need to see it under your username yo it's cool we're good <laughs> but also isn't it so frustrating when you actually have an original thought and then a bigger account like sees it and then spins Uh, it a different way and then like gets like (gasps) so many more likes what did you see that drama of that um i don't know it's it's this woman who as she interviewed people uh, she's like some reporter and she's she's a black woman and she is like stealing literally stealing interviews from other black women and since it's all done like via Zoom, I guess Megan Good uh, had a new, I think it was on Lifetime, a new Lifetime movie coming up. So somebody interviewed her and I think the director. So it was Zoom. You know how we are in those little boxes. Mm-hmm. And she just went through and basically asked the questions and, and superimposed herself and her audio in over the other woman. And this is the second time she's done that. But this time she got like the the girl got traction to be like, no, this woman literally just stole and ripped my interview. And it's being posted to like Lifetime on TV, onto their official stuff. And she's passing it off as if she did the interview herself. It is nuts. Oh I was like, my God, <laughs> like speaking of, isn't it frustrating when you post things and somebody with a bigger platform comes and snatches it? Yeah, yes. it's frustrating. <laughs> and I've never seen anything like that. Like that no, not is at all. insane. And then she just posted on like on her Instagram story after it started like gaining traction of the original interview. She just started posting like sorry that you couldn't make it crack and pop like this like and it was just yeah like uh, pretending like oh i didn't steal your word sorry that my interview just got bigger than yours like what (laughs) ma'am um do you realize that you're probably about to never work again like your entire credibility rightfully is done like you just ruined your career like do you not understand that (laughs) i'm sure um but yeah sorry weird tangent but i just can't believe somebody is actually pulling that mess 
Oof. Yeah, very weird. Could you like? Could you imagine like seeing that though? Like randomly going to like you know Lifetime or something, <laughs> and seeing your interview just with somebody else like imposed over you. I mm-hmm. would die. Like, drop dead. <laughs> <laughs> it's something provable too that's what i don't uh, i don't know it's also kind of stupid because it's like look i can just literally pull up the footage and show that they're identical and <laughs> you'll see when i posted mine compared to when you got your circulating like what's going on here like, <laughs> but mm. so yeah any other last thoughts on falcon and winter soldier and as a series as a finale any of that fun jazz I don't think so. I think that, uh, I think that I, not to, I don't like to compare things that don't really need to be compared, but I do think that I probably enjoyed Wandavision a bit more. Uh, same here. Same here. But yeah, I'm just with as these series continue. I'm just super excited to see what else Disney Plus has, um, in the Marvel um world. So. Yeah, I think it it definitely got better as yeah. we went on, I think, thankfully. That first episode was good, but then I do think it took a, a dip for the next couple of episodes. I was like, Yeah, mm. I think one and five are still my favorite episodes. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, it came to a strong enough conclusion that I'm like, okay. You know, like, I think it, it's, a, it's a good series. I think WandaVision was great. I know people had problems with that finale. I did not. I thought, Neither did I. I. Thought the finale <laughs> was great on that, too. So it was just a more complete thing for me, I, I'd say, that, I don't know. It was just a little bit more exciting. I'll be interested to see, because we've commented on it throughout the series, how people aren't talking about it like they were once. I mean... The viewership for Falcon Winter Soldier is better than one. Yeah, it's it's been yeah, and that's just been the interesting thing about it is like general audiences have seemed to just be watching Falcon and Winter Soldier, you know. Yeah, and we we do get so sucked into our film Twitter bubble. Um, but I'm just wondering, what is the post show life gonna look like? with with that because i still feel like we hear or we see the memes like wandavision it seems to have kind of stuck around and i don't know if that's just because yeah. another marvel show has been on and you know comparisons or what um but I even just with feel like, like wandavision reveal, had yeah i just i think it's because wandavision just had like more like oh my god moments mm-hmm. i mean like agatha all along i still see people talk about it yeah. every day on twitter <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so yeah i don't know like the I, suit I, reveal i think is probably the biggest reveal of mm-hmm. falcon and winter soldier I i've seen like it a definitely... lot like once i unmuted that was everywhere was <laughs> yeah. Sam's suit. so i'm so glad i muted on twitter because that suit was <laughs> literally everywhere i feel like they definitely intended the power broker thing to kind of be mm. like the oh my god <laughs> um but literally we clocked we it from care. like literally the episode that she was introduced we clocked it like (laughs) and that's the thing is we we knew or we we were pretty convinced that you know agatha was agnes the whole time you know like that was the ongoing Mm -hmm. theory but the real reveal was just so damn good that you were still like yes like we loved the reveal little musical number like how could we not be yeah. like oh my god we're sharon, sharon she was, was like <laughs> you're the power broker and she was like yeah <laughs> like, 
like, it was just done in such like i i will say that it was a pretty underwhelming reveal in general this episode one because we already pretty much knew uh, that it was coming but even just the way it happened like her coming out from around that little corner and that little like dialogue between the two real quick i was like mm. <laughs> nobody nobody cares Sharon. <laughs> go away <Yeah>. sharon <laughs> Sorry, I know there are some Sharon Carter fans out there, but we are not one of them. I'm sorry. Sorry. Sorry, not sorry. But it seems y'all will get your way. She'll be back, but <laughs> we'll still be here to rag on her unless they find a way to revive this character. Well, not really revive, because she's never been interesting. So find a way to make her interesting, please. Oh, Lord. And that does it's not like, mean romance, Marvel. Right. It's like Falcon mind. Winter Soldier, like they took two of the most uninteresting characters in the MCU, right? And made mm-hmm. them main characters that we've all been like, yeah, their arcs are amazing. Yeah. We are so excited to see them going forward. And but it's like every other character in the show where it's like they should have done that with their new characters and they just didn't. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, well, what went wrong? And the only one they did is was Isaiah somebody who Bradley. got an arc. You know, and yeah. he got an arc, so we probably won't really see him again. Because he, he got a conclusion to, to, to his story, in a sense. And maybe he'll get an appearance or something, but you know, like he's not a I would love to see him forward. in Captain America 4. While the rest of them are supposed to move forward in some kind of way. And it's just kind of like, well, I don't really care. <laughs> cool i guess you're still alive and look to be doing things okay cool (laughs) have fun Uh, all right well that was our discussion for the finale of winter soldier talking a little bit about the the future of the mcu in this live show thank you all so much for listening hopefully you enjoyed me and hannah flying solo this week (laughs) but hannah why don't you let them know where to follow you at Redicted Hannah on Twitter, and then you can find me on Letterboxd at Hannah Ringswald. I'm gonna start trying to plug that from now on. <laughs> and then also, uh, if you want to listen to my podcast called Art Podcasting that me and my friend Kenzie have, uh, it's on any streaming service. So definitely go and listen to that. Whoop whoop. Go catch up on all of Hannah's hot takes and hot mess lists on Letterboxd. I I saw that MCU updated ranking. Leave Mm. me alone. Mm. All right. Uh, uh, Make sure you're following the Cinemania World podcast on Twitter and Instagram at Cinemania World. And you can find me at LC Screen Talk on YouTube as well as Twitter and Instagram. Head on over there to watch Hannah and I I live react to the, this finale as well as all of the other episodes. Plus, we'll be watching Daredevil soon. We yes. talked a lot about him. See if my opinion changes or if I'm ready for a new Matt Murdock here soon. So, y'all, we'll if Larry don't like this series, <laughs> I genuinely don't know what I'm going to do with myself. <laughs> it's going to um. be an awkward reaction series. I'm just like, kill him. Oh. <laughs> um, Oh, man. All right. Well, that was it for us. I'm Larry. That was Hannah. And we will see you all next time. Bye. Bye.